Support for Under the Radar comes from Wellwithall. Wellwithall believes that self-care is community care. Premium products crafted for your daily wellness, from sleep support to heart health to your daily regimen. 20% of Wellwithall's profits are committed to leading the fight for health equity. They won't stop until it is truly Wellwithall. I'm Callie Crossley, and this is Under the Radar with Callie Crossley. And now for the part of the show we call Lanyap. That's Creole for something extra. It's Women's History Month, and we're honoring the entrepreneurship of the nation's first female self-made millionaire. Madam C.J. Walker's iconic name is back in stores, thanks to Sundial Brands and her great-great-granddaughter, Alelia Bundles. Alelia is the author of several books about Madam C.J. Walker, including On Her Own Ground, The Life and Times of Madam C.J. Walker, and Madam C.J. Walker, Entrepreneur. She joins me from a studio in Washington, D.C. Welcome, Alelia. I'm delighted to be here. I'm delighted to have you, and we should let everybody know that we've known each other for some time and uh, are great buddies. And um, But that doesn't stop this from being a great story. <laughs> <laughs> so first, for folks who don't know, uh, a brief biography of your, gran- of your great-great-grandmother, Madam C.J. Walker. You know, it's a great American um, transformation story. Born in Delta, Louisiana in 1867, first child in her family, born free after the Civil War. A poor washerwoman until she was 38 years old, no real formal education. And yet by the time she died in 1919, she had transformed herself into a hair care industry pioneer, a millionaire, a philanthropist, a patron of the arts, and an activist. Isn't that something? I love her quote, I got my start by giving myself a start. (laughs) That's who she was. That's who she was. Don't sit down and wait for the opportunities to come. (laughs) Lessons that still make sense today. So when she got started with the hair care line, it was really about health issues that got her started. Talk about that if you would. You know, a hundred years ago, more than a hundred years ago, when she first started her company in 1906, most Americans did not have indoor plumbing, electricity, central heating. So hygiene was very different. And we don't need to go into detail, but just (laughs) let us suffice to say that people washed their hair very seldom. And so as a result, they had really horrible dandruff and scalp disease. She was one of those women. She at the time was named Sarah Breedlove, and she was going bald because she had such horrible scalp disease. And then she decided to uh, figure out a way to treat herself and then realized that this was a, a benefit for many other women. So she literally created it in her own home. She did. It's, you know, um, necessity is the mother of invention. Her hair was falling out. She developed a shampoo and then an ointment, a heavy ointment that contained sulfur. And sulfur really had been used by pharmacists and physicians for several generations, but not in a hair care product. And that washing the hair more often, applying the ointment with sulfur, healed the scalp disease. Scalp was healthy. Hair began to grow back. She began to sell it. So the Walker system, which was the core of her entrepreneurship, she sold products door to door um, and employed at at the height of, of, of her company, 3,000 workers. It, well, she trained. She, her, her factory was more like several dozen, but in the direct sales model, um, like Avon that came later or Mary Kay that came later, she trained 
tens of thousands of women to be her sales agents. So before she died in 1919, there were 30,000 women, she claimed, who had been trained in the Walker system. And she would, first she sold door-to-door, then she uh, established a beauty school in Pittsburgh, then she moved to Indianapolis, had a factory and a beauty school, and then her daughter persuaded her to open an office in Harlem. So they had these beauty schools and They were traveling all over, not just the United States, but the Caribbean and Central America, doing training classes for her sales agents and her beauty culturists, as she called them, for beauty culture. And she had, at one time, about 20 products um, to cleanse the hair and treat the hair. And now we've come full circle, full circle, Alelia, uh, with a new company, uh, or, well, with a company with a new line of products in her name. So the company is Sundial Brands, and they've decided to, in essence, reboot um, the kind of cleansing, treatment, and styling products that uh, Madam C.J. Walker was known for. Yeah, and you know, and I just couldn't be happier because I've been telling this story of Madam Walker's life for many years, many decades now, and now there actually are products for me to refer to so that this uh, legacy of hers is connected to actual products. And so I think what Sundial Brands has done is to reimagine those original products now with the science of the 21st century. So there are four lines of products and in, for coily, curly hair, curly, wavy hair, heat-treated hair, and then a a line they call Dream Come True, which is really for conditioning and restoring uh, health to hair so that it can be healthy. So Sundial Brands, which also makes Shea Moisture and Nubian Heritage, has added this Madam C.J. Walker Beauty Culture line to its overall company. And this is exclusive to Sephora, um, and I wanted to just read a quote from Sundial, Sundial Brand CEO Richlow Dennis. He said, the story means so much to so many, meaning Madam C.J. Walker's story, and I felt it wasn't right that the most relevant and cultural icon of beauty and the beauty business and the representation of what beauty means to our community was not represented in the same way as Estee Lauder and Coco Chanel. It's not like we don't have that Walker legacy to look up to. That's pretty powerful. It, you know, it really is. And, and Richelieu, for the Boston audience, uh, they, people might want to know that he went to Babson College. Mm. He, he moved to the United States from Liberia uh, to go to college. And he said when he got to America, he had heard about Madam Walker and was surprised that he didn't see a bigger presence for the product. So as he was developing his other products, he always had in the back of his mind something that would help to revive the line. So this product, and I should mention, you're the president of the Madam Walker, Alelia Walker Family Archive and, oh, by the way, chair of the board of the National Archives Foundation. So history uh, is very important to you. And helping people understand modern-day linkages to history and historic figures. Talk about how the launch of this brand sits at the intersection of all of that. Well, you you know you're right. History are us. That, that is my my love is uh, you know is marrying current events and, and history. That's uh, that's how you and I link up with our you know former uh, news ABC connection. But yes, I love to uh, be able to help people understand. Here is a woman who really was a pioneer of what is now a multi billion dollar industry. 
And she really stood for high quality. She stood for the best uh, possible message. She stood for empowering women. And so now with this new line of products, all of those core um, messages and those core values are part of what this line represents. So we should say that black hair care, and by the way, these products can be used by anyone who uh, may have the texture of hair that can uh, can be benefited by this. So as, as we've mentioned, there's a range from curly and um, kinky uh, down to products for people who uh, have straight hair. So the but the black hair care product uh, business part of the market itself is two point seven billion dollars. Now this is according to a global market research firm, Mintel. That's huge. It's huge. <laughs> it's huge. We spend a lot of money on our hair, and anybody who has curly hair that can that doesn't you know moisture doesn't go all the way to the ends of your hair as easily when your hair is curly or kinky or coily. And so we need more product on our hair to keep it from drying out. And we spend a lot of money on our hair because everybody wants their hair to look however they want it to look, but they want it to look the best that it can be. So, yeah, this is a big market. And and I think, you know, I've been using the products. I've been testing them. I've tested 12 of the 25. Mm. And um, I, first, I love the fragrances. They're very sophisticated fragrances. Mm. And I love the way they make my hair feel. So things like, you know, I, can, I wear my hair all kinds of ways right now. And you may see me on any given day, and it will be different. <laughs> but, it, um, you know, the shrinkage is less. Um, the sheen is there. The oils are very nice. So I'm, I'm really glad to be um, the tester right now. And we've come sort of full circle when we start talking about natural hair products because um, off and on, black women have had to deal with um, some, well, reluctance to accept their hair as natural. Uh, Most recently, I'm thinking about singer-actress Zendaya. Zendaya, and she wore her braids to a red carpet event, turned into a big national controversy, which she addressed. But she wears her hair in different styles. Um, Then we've heard about some young women being kicked out of school because their hair was in natural state. Um, And at the same time, however, there are women of other ethnicities who have similar textures who are also embracing sort of letting their natural texture be the way that they wear their hair. So it's an interesting time uh, for hair politics, I guess, if you, if, uh, in addition to um, thinking about the history of this, uh, of the product uh, that um, Sundial Brands is bringing out now in the name of Madam C.J. Walker. Well, you're, you're, that was a very interesting phrase. Reluctance to accept it. <laughs> is, okay. is that how you phrase yes, it? Yes, yes. Yes, yes. That's very, very um, diplomatic because, in fact, uh, as you say, people, you know, young children have been kicked out of school. I just read something yesterday where a young man in seventh grade who has long locks was expelled from his school. Um, you know, so I, you know, I, and I think, you know, I'm a, a woman of a certain age. I went through the, uh, the initial uh, hair explosion of afros in the late 60s. And so I've had a hair journey just as you have. And I'm really stunned that um, that there are young women with whom I speak who are still nervous and anxious about wearing their hair natural. And, you know, this is how our hair grows out of our heads. And if there is nothing else that I'm able to do in this particular phase of my life and my connection with this um, line of hair products, it really is to 
uh, allow young women to feel comfortable, and older women, whatever, mm-hmm. but to feel comfortable with their hair however they want to wear it, and to really speak out about how this is our hair. This is, you know, it's fine the way it is. <laughs> If you're just tuning in, this is Under the Radar with Callie Crossley. I'm Callie Crossley. My guest is Alelia Bundles. She is Madam C.J. Walker's great-great-granddaughter, and she is the living legacy behind a new product line, Madam C.J. Walker Beauty Culture. Now, here's a quote from Madam herself that I think is a great one for this conversation. Having a good article for the market is one thing. Putting it properly before the public is another. She said that in 1916. We've mentioned Sundial Brand's 25 product line um, is at Sephora exclusively. How do you see this in terms of uh, reaching the public or having the product being put on the market properly, as Madam C.J. herself would say? You know, it, it is a very interesting marketing decision, too, because Sephora, which I've gone to for many years to buy lipstick and eyeshadow and um, skin products, skincare products, had not really had a line in its hair care section for women who have textured hair. And this is their recognition of needing to address that market and that consumer and Sundial's readiness as a company because of the success of its other lines of Shea Moisture and Nubian Heritage to supply something that would be what's considered a prestige line. So it's the right time for the Walker products to be at Sephora, with Sephora recognizing its consumer needs uh, need to be addressed. And if people haven't um, been to Sephora, let me explain that it's a French brand. There's a chain of cosmetic stores. They curate about 200 products, so they're very they're quite careful about what products they place in the store, and they're everything from skin care, makeup, fragrance, and hair care. So this is a big deal um, by establishing an exclusive uh, contract with Sundial Brands for the promotion of Madam C.J. Walker Beauty Culture 25 products. Mm-hmm. Um, now, let me move on and say, people hearing this conversation about Madam C.J. Walker are thinking to themselves, first female self-made millionaire? How come I don't know about her? And it's true that a lot of people still have no sense of her anything about her, even though she was on a 1998 postage stamp featured on that. She's a Harvard business case study, Um, none other than Nancy Kane of Harvard's Business School, who I might add is a regular contributor to our midday show here at WGBH. This is what she said of Madam Walker. Matt Walker is something like an early Mary Kay, except that she has these broad, ambitious social goals. Her endurance, her deafness, her idealism, married to good business sense, those are all great lessons for our moment. So with that, those kinds of credentials, why is it that you think she still is not sort of known except in certain circles? Well, that's, our, you know, how we teach history in our schools. <laughs> I think we're getting better. But really, people of color and women's stories have not been um, integrated and included in the teaching of history from elementary school on. Fortunately, there are many textbooks that now include Madam Walker, and it's Nancy Kane is, is leading the way to make sure that a new generation of business school graduates know about Madam Walker. So it's, it's part of the way we teach history, but hopefully this will help her be even more well-known.
Now, it's the Madam C.J. Walker story, as you well know, is more than just as a very successful business person. She gave back a lot of, of the monies that she earned um, philanthropically, and also she lived in a in a segregated uh, country, and she was concerned about race relations and making lives better for her community. And she worked very hard in that regard. Talk about a little bit about that part of who Madam C.J. Walker was and how really the the commerce that she was involved in uh, gave her a platform. You know, it, it's true. I mean, as Madam Walker became very wealthy over a period of time by employing other women, giving other women the opportunity to become financially independent, she knew how poor she had been growing up and how, for instance, the women of the church had reached out to her, had helped her see a vision of herself as something other than an illiterate washerwoman. She wanted to give back for that very reason. She felt she had had many blessings. And so as she became wealthy, she contributed money to the YMCA, the YWCA, to black schools and colleges, $5,000 to the NAACP's anti-lynching fund. So she would have been very much a supporter of something like Black Lives Matter. Mm -hmm. She wanted to be involved in political activities, in the arts, in culture. And that was something that she enjoyed doing and something that she felt she needed to do. You know, and I'll just add that one of the things that really attracted me to what Risha Lou Dennis and Sundial Brands are doing is their community commerce where they uh, provide fair trade jobs for women in Africa who are supplying shea butter for some of their other products. And so I know that ultimately this Madam C.J. Walker Beauty Culture line will also be connected to that community commerce initiative. And so we are carrying on this legacy of Madam Walker, not just with what I think are very high-quality hair care products, but also with this philanthropy and this giving back. And you should address why she called herself Madam C.J. Walker. <laughs> yes, I, I, I definitely. You know, I, there's some things that, you know, you forget to, to make clear. She was born Sarah Breedlove uh, in Delta, Louisiana. She was married three times, and her third husband was named Charles Joseph Walker. And when they married, she began to call herself first Mrs. C.J. Walker, so no one would address her by her first name because that was a a disrespectful way that many black women were treated during the early 20th century. She didn't want anyone knowing her first name. And then she added the madam because beauty culture and fashion still were um, headquartered in Paris. And people like Helena Rubinstein and Elizabeth Arden, her contemporaries, called themselves madam. There you go. Um, How... um do you think she would have responded to this? Oh, God, she'd love it. <laughs> you, know, uh, you know, I went into my neighborhood Sephora a few days ago, and, um, you know, I was just I was trying to be, you know, incognito, but I couldn't help myself. And I said to one of the young sales associates, I said, well, I'm Madam Walker's granddaughter, and there are these products. And, and she said, oh, God, I wrote my junior high school paper about her. She was so excited and just, and she said, and I feel so good that my company is doing this. That would make Madam Walker smile, I'm sure, because so much of what she was doing, 
the products in some ways were a means to an end to empower other women, to give them hairstyling options, to help them have healthy hair. But it was also to make them feel proud and to have confidence. So, I, you know, she'd love it. She'd love the packaging. One of the key things of the packaging is that it references some of those original uh, tens that she had. There's a little bit of reference to the vintage, and then there's a sun. There's sun strokes that come out from the center of the disc, and that actually comes from a 1918 Walker advertisement. So there you have it: living history through hair. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Alilia Bundles, thank you so much. My pleasure. Alelia Bundles is Madam C.J. Walker's great-great-granddaughter and the author of several books about her, including On Her Own Ground, The Life and Times of Madam C.J. Walker, and Madam C.J. Walker, Entrepreneur. She is now the ambassador for a new hair care product line, Madam C.J. Walker Beauty Culture, sold exclusively at Sephora. Well, that's it for this edition of Under the Radar with Callie Crossley. Join us next week at 6 p.m. for the stories you may have missed. In the meantime, you can find our show and links to stories we discussed today on the web at wgbhnews.org slash UTR. I'm Callie Crossley. Our engineers are John Parker and Doug Sugertz. Catherine Whalen is our producer. Under the Radar with Callie Crossley is a production of WGBH. Mm-hmm.